Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today we sit down with Hugh Williams. Hugh is a successful businessman in Chicago and a former captain of the Northwestern Wildcats football team. As a football player and wrestler in the Big Ten, Hugh acknowledges that, quote, challenging yourself athletically leaves no room for moral victories. The outcomes are black and white, measured in wins and losses. However, the lessons learned are often shaded in gray. Those lessons, dealing with adversity, pushing yourself beyond your perceived limits, understanding that you are never as good or as bad as you might believe, are the cornerstone to living a fulfilled life, regardless of one's vocation. We think you're really gonna like what Hugh has to say. He is a funny, smart guy with a pretty refreshing take on athletics. His story of how he got to Northwestern uh, and has become so successful is a really intriguing one. We always have a blast hanging out with Hugh, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. How do you take whatever's learned through doubles and apply it to school, hey man, job, etc.? I'll that tell you, this is so funny, but we hired, there's a guy that we were looking at hiring in a leadership position, mm-hmm. right? And um, he played football, played college football, but he quit in during his senior year. Yeah. So he quit after like the third or fourth game. Maybe he had a beef with the coach or something. Yeah. And uh, and I said, you know what? I wouldn't hire that guy. Right. And you know, people are like, well, why not? You know, this that. And I said, well, he quit he in quit. the middle of the season. You know, his and I've seen year. that. And I, I go, you know what? Just finish it, man. Just right. Right. I mean, right. For sure. And you know, so no you know question. what that guy is? That guy's always gonna let you down. For sure. And we hired him. How's he doing? He let us down. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he Are you did. serious? Yeah, no, I promise you. That's so, not good. That's not good. No, I'm with you. That is um you know, So we're here with you. We will have already given you a, an intro in the podcast, but that's um, right. We're essentially talking, Hugh, um, we want to hear a little bit about your bio as sure. an athlete, sure. uh, your experience in sports, sure. and then we'll get into how that translates into okay. all the stuff that we've already been cool. talking about. Yeah, no, so I'm from uh, Jamaica originally, mm-hmm. born in Kingston, Jamaica, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the home of Usain Bolt, but not really, but Jamaica yeah. is, right? But uh, actually Usain and, and my dad went to the same college at different times. Really? But my mom and dad grew up in... Uh, probably three miles from each other so I mean I paint a picture because my family is from the country in Jamaica right and yeah. it's the uh, coffee country yeah. so it's hills and you know beautiful beautiful part of the world but I think it's a lot different than what most people in America sure. uh, have seen we're not talking and about resort town you know yeah we're not talking about resort town and we're you know we're talking about a place where uh, people make it happen every day right mm-hmm. to live every day and and it's not um wh- whatever the standards are here in the u.s that you think where people are struggling in jamaica it's a lot different but it's just everyone lives their life right so mm-hmm. i mean so my parents are from a place where when i was young when we made move to the states when we called my grandmother she had to go to the police station for us to call her right because oh. that was the situation and, and no one from where they live, a place called Mavis Bank thinks that they're impoverished or anything like that. But right. it's just a different a different way of looking at it. So I say that because that's really shaped how I view the world and how I've always sort of 
attacked athletics mm -hmm. and so uh, we moved to the US when I was uh, about for, well, I was first grade kindergarten first grade that time period of my life and I grew up in Davenport Iowa so as you can imagine not a lot of Jamaicans moved to Iowa in the right? quad cities is in not? the QC baby twice as nice as the Twin Cities <laughs> only 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 people from the Quad Cities say that, right? But uh, so um, I grew up in Davenport, Iowa, played soccer. Uh, original, that was my first sport. And um, played soccer all throughout my, you know, I guess my adolescent, pre-adolescent type, type mm -hmm. years. And started to wrestle. And I played football, a little bit of football. But I played primarily with my two brothers. And... We, my best friends, uh, we were all, they had three kids, all boys the same age as my two brothers and, and me. And so we played a lot of backyard sports growing up. So more than anything, I think growing up in Davenport, uh, uh, what's that, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, sure. right? I mean, we played sports. That's what we right. did all right. the time. So I played varsity soccer as a freshman in high school. And then uh, when we moved to Illinois, we, I moved to... Uh, Aurora, my dad got transferred. He's an engineer, works for Caterpillar, which, by the way, my parents, once again, I can't say enough about them, but, yeah. you know, just to get educated and do what they did and come from where they came from, I think is really a miraculous series yeah. of events. So uh, we moved to uh, Aurora, Illinois, and I went to high school, finished up high school at Wabonzi Valley. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, one day my dad and I were taking a drive, and I said, Dad, I want to play football. And he said, oh. You know, what do you want to do that for? And I said, well, have, have you taken a look at my high school? I mean, it was, <laughs> I just took a look at the guys walking around school, and I thought, I could be a running back here. Yeah. Whereas in Davenport, where I was growing up, Davenport had Roger Craig, Michael, I mean, yeah. really, Yeah. there was no way I would have been a running back there, but going to a Naperville school, I thought, eh. I got a shot. <laughs> yeah, I got a shot. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, uh, I got in a car accident didn't really play my sophomore year and then my junior year played got a new coach at my school a guy named bj luke who's outside I, I saw him a few weeks ago and i told him outside of my dad he's probably been the number one male influence yeah. in, in my life my high school coach bj is he still out there yeah he just uh, retired as a football coach but mm -hmm. he moved back to danville he played at georgia and uh, got hurt transferred to western illinois and he moved back to danville which is a tough yeah, situation yeah. there. I mean, you know, his kids have don't go to practice because, uh, you know, he's got to have a breakfast program, right? I mean, right. it's a much different school. And um, so Coach Luke was the guy that moved in when I was a sophomore or when I was a junior in high school, gave me a shot to play, and uh, I was uh, really influential. So I, was a, I wrestled and played football in high school. I was an all-state wrestler. Oh, nice. And then I, I wrestled. Uh, 189. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... And you were playing running back at that time? Yeah, running back. Running back at that size. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Running, running back in high school at 189. And then uh, I didn't – I wasn't a heavily recruited guy, but what, I got recruited um, by a bunch of schools that knew I didn't play a lot of football. I hadn't played a lot of football. Right. And so uh, they were just recruiting me as a, right. as a sort of a player, an, mm -hmm. a, an athlete, for lack of a better word. And my decision was based on the best – school that offered me a scholarship right right so i was appointed to the air force academy and you know i was recruited by the ivies and some like some of the lower level uh d1s and lower to mid 
level D1s, and uh, when Northwestern offered me, I said, well, hell, I'm going to be a Wildcat because it's hard yeah, to get. That's the I mean, it's, I get to play sure. in the Big Ten, yeah. and I'm going to one of the elite universities in the land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people go pro from anywhere. So that was For my sure. thought process. So that was did it. You, did you think, was that part of your decision making? You thought maybe there's a pro career down the road, potentially? I never thought about playing pro football in that I just thought about playing sports, right? Okay. So, you know, there's some guys, and I, got, I give these guys credit, these guys that are really focused on trying to make it to the league. Yep. But the thing, I've, the thing that I quickly realized about guys who make it to the league is first of all they're blessed i mean they're right you know they uh they got something else yeah. they got a gift <laughs> correct <laughs> right they did i mean even the guys that barely made it into the league sure. or you know so they run a little faster they're a little taller they're a little bigger no question no matter how hard you work right i mean sometimes you you know and, and by the way and all those guys who make it to the league they all work really hard right it's so a it's, combo yeah it's a combo it's not like no question. There's nothing you know, wrong. We're all about like we're all about work ethic and character right. and like all the stuff that you're talking about. Right. But the, but you have to acknowledge that very clear fact that the people that are doing that at that level, we're talking about three thousand people out of millions. You are literally talking about superhumans, right? Yes. They're tall, bigger, faster, taller. Superhuman. It's just like born. Go yeah. to a Bulls game. You know what? I go to a Bulls game or yeah. a basketball game, and I hear guys complain about you know guys on the court, and I think well. Fellas, there are more attorneys in the arena than there are basketball players in the NBA. Right. Right? Right. So, right. so think That's about right. that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, imagine if there were only, uh, whatever it is, 320 attorneys right. in America. Right. 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 You got to be pretty good to be one you of those to be guys. Pretty, you got to be pretty <laughs> good at attorning. Yeah. You got to be yeah. pretty good at attorning. That's exactly. Right. right. So, That's anyway, amazing. so my point is. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about it within the context of my, my old, my defensive coordinator, who, who I'm still friends with. Yeah, I think that's another thing. My D coordinator from college, I still talk to to this day. My high school coach, I just yeah. had dinner with him two weeks ago, that's right? So cool. You know, so these guys really do have an influence in your life. Who's my, the coordinator? Sorry. Ron Vanderlinden. Yeah. He's now, he became the head coach at Maryland. And uh, um, I really thought long and hard about becoming a coach. And Ron was big influence in that great coach and uh vandy though said to me one day he said you, you know watching film he said sometimes you play like you're the best linebacker in the big 10 and sometimes you play like you're the worst linebacker in the big 10 <laughs> yeah. like i don't get it right yeah and, you know so anyway it, well, what was holding you back i want to learn about that a little bit more uh, i love that honesty by the way um, uh, delivery is key and it sounds yeah. like you you know you guys had a good relationship yeah, and that's no. why he could talk to you so directly right yeah, no, listen, uh, first of all, you got to really believe that your coach wants to win because this is his livelihood. I mean, mm -hmm. this is how he feeds his family, right? right. So right. why would he lie to you? I mean, it's, right. Right. I, I, I think the mistake a lot of guys make is they think that their coaches have an agenda or their coach mm -hmm. doesn't like this guy or doesn't like that guy. I mean, and don't get me wrong, sometimes that is the case, right? Personalities sure. are involved, but at the end of the day, I mean, most of these guys – the way that food gets on Coach Vandy's family's plate is whether or not we our defense plays well and whether or not we win. 
right? right? This is no right. joke to them. Like a, a personal rift between him and a player is not going to exactly. We hear that a lot. It's kind of a funny thing. I mean, like you said, there's human error. Yeah. There are, peop- there are people. There are people, people involved, mistakes, so mistakes not, will be made. For sure. But yeah. I, I mean, we've been around a lot of coaches. I've not yet met one that was willing to uh, trip up his season for the sake of, you know. Yeah, okay. now if a guy is a bad guy, that's one thing. I that's mean, if right. there's that's, that's hard to control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so if there's a bad guy, I mean, most coaches I would think are not gonna put a person, are not gonna play a person who's just not a good human being. And they, you know, you know, I mean, sure. however you define that, but guys want to win. So, but anyway, uh, yeah. I think the question that you asked me was, what, why, why was that? What, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I'm so I'm really interested, in, I guess, in the relationships that you've built. Why, like, why did BJ stand out? Why did Vandy stand? Oh yeah, out? well, yeah. I tell you, Coach Luke, and uh, I tell a couple stories about Coach Luke, is, is that uh, when I uh, was after my junior year in high school, you know, all the coaches sit in the coach's office, mm-hmm. and that that's where we would hang out, right? I mean, uh, we'd yeah. go sit and hang out with our coaches, and for people who are uninitiated coaches are legitimately the funniest guys around i mean because they all they do is sit around and goof around and i mean when they're not right doing what they were doing and preparing to win and but you know they're a bunch of guys right, right? and so one day i walked by coach and girls. yeah and girls yes. and guys and girls but i'm only speaking because i didn't play women's sports so right i mean it, I'm, for, I'm only piece, right so that's all i'm saying i don't have any sisters and yeah, I don't know what that dynamic is like, what sure. what goes on in the women's locker room. And I'm not going to assume it's the same sure. as what happens in the men's locker room. But So Coach called me into his office one day, and he said, Hey, Hugh, uh, hey, man, how, you know, how are you doing? I said, oh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Coach. And he said, hey, you had a pretty good season last year, right? And I said, yeah, you know. I said, oh, you're a popular guy. Everybody likes you. And, and uh, you know, you're kind of the big man on campus, and you're getting some letters from – you know, guys wanting to recruit you. And, and I, by the way, I'm just eating this up, right? I said, oh, yeah, of course, you know. So uh, he said, hey, uh, do you have a minute? You want to watch some You wanna, You want to watch some film? And uh, I said, yeah, sure, coach. So we go inside the film room, and he puts in a tape, and he, it was a tape of all my lowlights. Oh, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, right? No. So here I am, 16, 17, thinking – I'm about to, uh, you know, we're just going to have some film and we're going to talk about how great I am. And for, I don't know, 30 minutes, he shows me I fumbled once and then he showed me, you know, cringing to make a block. And he said, does this look like a, does this look like a leader to you? Does this look like a, a, would you get recruited off this film? You know, are you a division one guy? Does this look good to you? And I started crying, right? And, uh, but I didn't, you know, just because, uh, not that he hurt my feelings, but yeah. th- these were images of me right. turning it down. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even today, when I think about it, I mean, I think about it, and it's like a really, uh, I, it's just something I'll always, something I'll always think about. Yeah. And that uh, self-reflection can be very hard. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the things. Well, most that people we, don't do it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. And when you play sports in college, you're forced to reflect on how you did every day because. You sit with your coach right. the next day, and he says, why did you take this step? Right. What, what were you looking at? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? You overran the play. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, and, you know, I certainly got much more intense film study in college. Sure. 
but uh, you know, when when you're in high school, you all sit and watch a game together. You know, it's much less, much more limited scope right. in terms of time, and uh, so every day you got you had to deal with your report card in college, right? Right. And it, and you dealt with it in with uh, eight of your closest friends and enemies because you wanted to be the one to start. Right. Right. right, and people always—it's funny. People always ask me about uh, my relationship with my teammates, and and I love my teammates, and I love being with them. And it was the best part about playing football was mm-hmm. the strategy. And but you know, when you're sitting in the linebacker room, every linebacker wants to start, right, <laughs> right, right, and everyone That's thinks true. they're better than the other guy. No question. And uh, and then you know you're sitting there, and your coach is hitting the rewind button. After I, every play, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. yeah, right. So anyway, so yeah. that so that was uh, once again. I'm I'm gonna rambles and then forget no, what uh, I, I like me, but, all of this. That yeah. we, we that, that part of the idea of this is we just want to go. We just want right. to talk. So that's awesome. We um, I love that. So the film room, you've given me about five different thoughts of what right. I'm gonna do this season as a coach. But we had a conversation at the end of practice today just about developing a healthy relationship to competition. Right. And essentially, so we've got. Um, 60 plus guys right. and there's going to be 11 on the field right. right? and we want everyone to want to be to work like they're going to be the guy right. with the ball in his hands at the end right. of the game but we want everyone also to be the guy to, to support whoever it is knowing right. that it's only going to be one of us right. but that's the idea like it's us and that competition you know what I mean it's the tide that rises uh, that all boats are risen right. you know what I mean and, and uh, if developing a healthy relationship to that competition yeah uh, is fantastic. I also can't get over this film room idea. I'm no joke. I'm going to bring it in on Saturday morning. But I mean, that's one of the first moments in someone's life where you have really, really hyper accurate moments for uh, self reflection. Like say, teaching. why did you take this? Right. It, it is teaching, yeah. right? What uh, Coach Nadalna, we just talked about. He's helping us. Uh, he's actually going to be coaching linebackers with us this year a little bit. You know, one of the first things that uh, we've, we've coached that Coach Nadalna will ask a player is, what did you see? Right. Right. It's not like why did you play toss in this way and the right. quarterback. Did, it's it's what did you see? Right. Right. What was your read? Did you read one to two? You know what stuff like right. that. Right. So it's it's uh, being deliberate. It's reflecting on one's decision making for right. the first time. And one of the big things that we do in terms of when we go real and in, in real deep with an athletic right. department or a group of people and say, um, you know, there's no right or wrong. I shouldn't say it. There's very clearly right and wrong. Right. But so frequently, right and wrong is only so based on whatever one's goal is. Meaning, like, does your behavior match your goal? If you want to stop power, then your step one is read the guard. Right. Do your own freaking thing and run that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So it's an interesting process of uh, enforcing deliberation and reflection. On that note, Mm -hmm. so the next next idea would be how did uh, these experiences, and feel free to, you know, throw more in there as sure. they come up, but how do these experiences um, lead to success in other arenas? Yeah, so the uh, you know, people talk a lot about the lessons they learn playing sports, mm-hmm. and now, in a way, I'm a little bit of a sport snob because I got to play Big Ten football and I got to wrestle in the Big Ten, right? right? And um, so sometimes I kind of roll my eyes when people talk about their athletic experience because yeah. I think some maybe it comes from a, a more of a wishful standpoint than sure. a, than you know the real world. Yeah. And I will say this that the thing that I learned playing uh, let's focus on football for the moment sure. 
is that there are consequences to your actions, right? And that this notion of being on a team really does exist, right? In wrestling, you're on a team, but it's a one-man right. fight, sure. right? I mean, and uh, you got to go out and do your job. Mm-hmm. And uh, football, you got to do your job, but there are real implications on whether or not, if you don't do your job, right. what happens to the guy behind you and what happens to the guy yeah. in front of you. And, you know, this kind of goes back to film study, but when we would, after a game, and, you know, coach would say, you didn't take a deep enough drop, and this left a void, right. and it makes our DB look bad because, you know, your dumbass couldn't, you, 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 couldn't, right. you, exactly. couldn't, you couldn't get to where uh, you needed to be. Um, you had to deal with that. And so I'd say the number one thing I learned from playing sports is that, You've got to be able to take constructive criticism. You've got to be able to take it, and you've got to be able to use it, and you've got to. You can't take things, everything personally, because mm-hmm. if you do, you'll never progress in life. And and uh, you right. know, I had a coach in college who was. This is part of the old regime at sure. Northwestern because I was fortunate to play under a bad regime. I mean, get recruited by a bad regime. I mean, not that they were bad guys. They just and then finished my career playing for the guys that uh, ended up going to the Rose Bowl and but yeah. there was a coach who shall remain nameless and he was uh, I thought a, a horrible coach but yeah. one thing he did say that always stuck with me was you're never as bad as you think and you're never as good as you think yeah and probably right well he was absolutely right yeah. about that I mean you're just never as good as you think you are right. and you're never as bad as you think you are but you've got a you you've got a you got to have a short memory and you've got to move on to the next play and that's it, right? You can't you can't sit around and think about what just happened because you're gonna get run over on the next play. For sure. So So have you taken that into your business endeavors, your entrepreneurial? Well, I, I will say that uh, you know, I work in commercial real estate mm-hmm. and there I mean I've known guys who've known two guys who've taken their own lives, right? Because Jeez. of uh, things went really bad. On a, on a deal, yeah. and uh, things have gone real, yeah, gone the wrong way. And by the way, I mean, there's maybe they are dealing with some other things, there's and maybe they had some mental illness. Maybe I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. Compl- but but I would say professionally, the one thing I've learned is that you you uh, you really have to find a way to win. Mm-hmm. And if the situation is tough, I mean, maybe you gotta continue to talk to your bankers or wh- whatever it is. But I, I remember once. I was working at a company and we had gone through a reduction in force and by a pretty significant amount, right? The market was bad and there was a person that I worked with and who'd gotten fired and I remember standing in front of this person just crying, 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 crying. Yeah. And I looked and I said, hey, you know, you gotta take this as an opportunity to go do something else right. or find it. You've, I've never heard you talk about this job like it's a job that you love anyway. Right. So maybe just because your comfort zone has been eradicated, you know, maybe find a way to make something good of this, For right? Sure. And uh, this person did that and, and, and moved on and and had a great career doing other things. But mm-hmm. that's the number one thing sports has taught me is that you can't, uh, you can't dwell on the bad play that just happened. Right. You really have to move on I mean you've got to use take that information and process it, right. it totally, absolutely. and use it but and it's not easy to do but no. 
it's that self-reflective process though it's 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 developing a healthy relationship to setbacks meaning like when you are set back yeah, acknowledging right. what the opportunity is right. filling the gap moving in a that's different right. direction whatever it might that's be that's right yeah um yeah no i totally agree what are some other i love these stories what are some of the other things that you've seen we were talking about i don't know if you it, you wouldn't necessarily call it toughness in the workplace but right. a sort of resilience you know a sort of uh ability to to take a punch and move forward or whatever how would you frame that well, I, I think that it's more so, you know, in the workplace, the number one thing that I've seen is that uh, the most overused word in the workplace is team. Mm -hmm. And people professionally like to say that they're a team, we're a team. People like to say we're family yeah. at work. And you know what? You're actually not. And if you, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, and people don't behave that way. Right. And uh, I think there are some corporate cultures that are really strong and really defined. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say, but for the most part, people have no idea what it, no understanding of what it is to, to uh, have to depend on someone else right. or really be vested in the success of their team. I mean, yeah. so that's the number one thing I see professionally. And I think sure. it's, I think it's kind of bullshit the way people talk about it and you, you know, throw these terms around. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's not. Well, you mentioned you know, it kind of like the, it seems like wishful thinking almost or something that maybe hasn't quite been there because there's no use in using the team metaphor unless you've been part of a team and you've been oh. fully, fully developed. The guys I know who use this are, believe are me when I say are they this. Athletes I mean, or no? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to say some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I, I want to say this too. I think another kind of overused metaphor is. Yeah war in sports oh, sports in, oh, in business you yeah, know what I mean it's, yeah. um, apples and bowling balls if I can absolutely. quote Tony Soprano right yeah, yeah. it's true no. it's yeah. true um, you are even if you are even if it is the red zone you're not in a freaking foxhole yeah you're like, not this is not, not motivating the 15 year old right yeah <laughs> no know? no by the so, way can I just give you my coaching cliche 100%. Or that I hate I love it this uh uh, you know, whenever I hear people say control your own destiny, I turn the radio off because, uh, or whatever it is, you cannot control your destiny, right? Just by definition, right? destiny is preordained, it's a, right? right? No, it, it is, right? Because listen, if I could control my destiny, I, I mean, hell, but you can control what you do right now, right. at this moment, at this point in time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, because the other team is trying too, right? Right. I mean, yes. they want to win. So in the if, games that matter, at least. Yeah. Well, and if you lose, well, well I mean, right. or is it because you had a lack of control over your destiny? You know, just do your job, man. Focus on your, what you're, what you're good at, and yes. try and get it done. Do your job is huge, right? Yeah, do your right, job. It's not destiny, oh, man. I never even it, thought about that. It is not. You I'm cannot not a fan control of that. it. No. Yeah. Even just, and this is the northwestern side yeah. of you coming out. Just by definition, you can't yeah, control. Yeah, it. by yeah. definition, you That's can't control it. Yeah, no, right. I'm with you. So that's just one of the thing that bothers me. Yeah, so. you can uh, totally, and that, and I think we we identify that frequently as well. Like you can control your behavior, you can control the decision right. you're about to make, right. your standards, and all those right. things. You can control to some extent, and that, and this may be more of a process. The way that you you know your mental state right. in regards to the opposition, planning, preparation, right. all those things, right. optimism, etc. Right. But you cannot control your destiny. But you cannot it's control your destiny. destiny. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It is destiny. It's right. So annoying when I hear this. No, I'm with you. I think, yeah. um, and 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 the the perspective we come from is like. You know, we make the assumption that anyone who's getting into the field um, 
is very well intended. They want to do good. I'm not. What do you mean by getting into like the getting field? Into, when we say the field or the platform, we're talking about coaching okay. and athletics in okay. general. Um, I think what 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 we're hoping for, what we're pushing for, is more and more people. We want more and more people to recognize that this is not coaching linebackers. This is education for right. a young man. And th- like you've invited him into your quote classroom right. through football. You yeah. Know, and you are his teacher. Uh, you know, under How the guys. How many coaches are there in America? I mean, do you know? I mean, from a, a, the high school level question. or. No, if we had a, uh, we should we should. You want me to go stat guy on? Can this? you stat guy us on this <laughs> real quick? I think we should know that answer. How many high school coaches in America? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, I, I just think that. So man, what? I, I tell you, I had dinner with my high school coach mm-hmm. recently, and there are a bunch of guys from a team that I wasn't even on who had an event for him. Yeah, and uh, it's just. Your coach and those guys that you play for, and maybe it's the age that you know that you're doing it. Sure. But they just make such an impact mm-hmm. in your life. And I have to think most coaches know that most of the people that play for them aren't going anywhere, <laughs> right? I mean, you'd, you'd assume so. I, right. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would hope so. Right, I mean, right. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So, uh, so I commend them, man. Um, you know, what, what the yeah, hell do I know? No, yeah. I, I think you know a lot, and I think the the first step to knowing is having experience, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you are you were a 190 pound running back, like star of the team. I'll go yeah. ahead and say it. Yeah. Uh, brought to tears yeah. in in this room. Very few things can do that to a person. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? So the question becomes like, what do you do as a coach, recognizing that power? Yeah. My what grandmother do do dying. I mean, I can think right? of like the five times in my life that, you know brought right. me to that and that my coach was one of them there you right? go yeah. so that i mean there's power in that platform right. so uh, the question yeah. is what what's done with it thereafter um and that's and that's a big part like one of the big pushes of the good athlete project is just spreading awareness of that right down the road we genuinely hope to affect the way coaches are hired and held accountable we do a lot of professional development yeah right um these are all really good people they're experts in their field right and we want to make sure that that coaching for character and you know, and all the good work that we talk about um, is as important as this other stuff. And the truth is, I think a lot of people can grab lines and use them in job interviews. Right. You know, and I'm not assuming any malice here, but how? What's yeah. the follow-up? How often do you truly talk about uh, character? What do you? Oh. You've got a kid shaking before a football game. What are you saying right then? Yeah, right. Because if what you're saying is we're going to go out there and we're going to break this the quarterback's right. neck right then that, that's a misuse of a platform yeah that's right that's yeah. right so yeah but right what what are you saying and how are you saying it and uh and, you know my dad coached my soccer team when i was i don't know 10 mm-hmm. and we had a real good soccer team yeah i mean we were really good i believe and do you know who the best player was yeah exactly and the my, coaches sound that's typical. right and, well, but my dad <laughs> yeah. so by the way here's another thing about my parents yeah grown up in jamaica they were not people who uh you know, they didn't grow up with the with the sort of the cultural in America. I mean, so much of what Americans do is sports related, and right. uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Jamaica is a big track and field country and a soccer country and cricket, but it's just not the emphasis that right. it is here. Right. So I'm fortunate in that my dad never talked to me about things I was doing on the football field. You know, so the only thing. Sure that my dad ever said was he asked me if I was working hard enough, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And sort of, are you a good 
teammate, right? right. And, I mean, he never, we never sat around at the dinner table and talked about the plays or anything like that. And right. my mom was very much the same way. So I'm thankful that I never had to have a meaningful dialogue. And I hope I could be the same way with my kids, you know, mm-hmm. hey, uh, just not, I'm not going to say they didn't care about it, but they cared about how I approached it, mm-hmm. but they didn't really care about anything else. Right. Right? And that's the way. Because so, like you, know. you said, that's the only part of it that you can really control. Yeah. Right? Is your approach, your prep, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. We were, we got into some good conversation before we started recording. Um, I really want to know more about like, maybe people in the workplace or people in the world who who've not had the chance to participate in competitive athletics, yeah. uh, maybe the difference you see bef- between those people and other people. I know for a fact that there are some people who will hire uh, exclusively <clears throat> former athletes for yeah, their right. competitive drive and, and, right. and uh, all that kind of stuff. Have you seen that? Well, I, I think it's interesting. I think athletes do have an advantage just from a competitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. but. Depending on the nature of the athlete, there's some guys that you, even you know that you see this where the, they have to be coached up all the time, mm-hmm. and those are not the guys that you right. want to hire, guys, girls, whatever. Thank right? you. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I think it's an interesting. I think they're just traits people have, yeah. right? Uh, and so I'll tell you about a young guy that we interviewed and we hired many years ago. One of the early guys that we hired at uh, a firm that I was with he, I mean, we're a very small firm, right? And at the time and we've, you know, the firm grew significantly and, and uh, so this kid walks in and he's probably 24 and I have his resume and uh, and if you asked him, you he would say this, so he went to a college and I saw, you know, he, he ran track mm-hmm. for part of the time that he was in college. Yeah. And then uh, he went to a fancy prep school. Mm-hmm. I mean, super fancy, yeah. right? But then in college, it showed that he ran track and that he worked. I mean, he had jobs, you know, meaningful mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, hey, hey, please do not be offended by this question, but why does a guy who went to that school yeah. work when he goes to college. Because, by the way, he didn't look like a kid who was a scholarship kid at okay. this prep school. So he said, hey, you know, my family, he talked about their work ethic and um, just sort of what his old man had instilled with him and his mom. And and uh, so after I asked him this question, I said, okay, well, I think the interview, I'm, I'm done with the interview. And he was like, what? <laughs> you know? And I said, well, you've told me all I need to know because when a guy does things that he doesn't have to do mm-hmm. particularly college age guys and yeah. when it involves working uh, it baffles me the guys that I know that there are people who go to a place like Northwestern everyone is there to compete academically I mean right. they are there to compete right yep. I, which is a lot I can't say that for every school and I'm not but you know there are a lot of schools where people go to college because they're just going to, to, get, co- through to, college, to get to college right, right? right. and uh, so the people that are there to compete and when when you're and when this guy's there and he's competing academically and he's worked all throughout college, I think that's a guy worth 
hiring. Right. Right. Sure. And um, because I used to always laugh and say, what do the regular students do? That's what we right. call them. Yeah. The, the regular kids. Because what do you do right. if you're going to school for 11 or 12 hours a week and your mom and dad are paying for you to go to school? Right. And you're not, you know, you're just some person. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, right? The regular you, students. You don't have yeah. a job. Right. Right. What? right. Well, I don't, I think. You know, so the being able to manage your time, and I look, I look for people who've actually done something, yeah. right? Not just done things they thought would look good on their CV, mm-hmm. but people who've actually tried to work. And I looked at playing football as work. I mean, people yeah. act like it was fun in college. I mean, I didn't approach it as work per se, but it was really demanding. I mean, you yeah. had to be on it. Yeah. So, so that's why I think that uh, people look favorably upon student athletes because it is not a uh, yeah I used to tell people any guy who walked on a team I would hire really? or any girl who oh, walked yeah. on a team yeah, yeah. because who does that right, right? I mean no that's passion that's no. drive for sure yeah whatever it is I mean, there's something about you that says I want to do I want to walk on the women's basketball team and that person is worth hiring yeah because you, you you don't even get to eat with the yeah. Uh, I mean, right. Right. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Yeah. It's all about, it's so frequently about like what drives people. That's what everything we're interested in is about as well. Like what motivates an adolescent, what motivates a human being. Right. For some people, it's like a really bright, shiny light at the back end of a tunnel and you go because there's money there, because there's a scholarship, or right. whatever. So whoever those people are who are in it without that, right? right. Their drive, whatever's pulling them. Yeah, whatever's something pulling that's a them. little closer to earth. Maybe right. a little stronger, even, right. and most importantly, something that might stick once the glitz and the glamour is gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think those people are amazing. I think honestly, so too. yeah. Uh, that, that's uh, for if sure. I, it's if one, I could have a whole company full of walk-ons, or yeah, well, I would do it. It's the it's the one of the reasons that my I don't mean to speak for you, coach, but like it's one of the reasons I I am so passionate about small college athletics. Right, people who go to small yeah. liberal arts colleges, the Ivies, the um, you know, the Williams, Amherst, the Knox, the Tufts, the, you know, Denison, so, you know. one of my best friends played soccer at Amherst, oh, yeah. right? And he, I mean, played soccer at Amherst, right? So yeah. first of all, you're playing a fringe sport. I mean, I apologize to all you <laughs> soccer, soccer people out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once again, my by first American sport, standards, but by American standards. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. At the professional level. I mean, it's getting sure. more and more popular, but the point is, this guy played all throughout college, mm-hmm. uh... Went to Harvard Business School, you know, got a big job, raising a great family, yeah. right? And and uh, he didn't have to do that, right? Right? And you have to, right? I mean, but there's a right? drive there. There's a path, right? right for sure. Yeah. So sure. yeah, when you go the small college route, uh, all, yeah. I mean, I because th- I mean, look, I look back on this, and maybe I'm wrong about this, right? But I kind of feel like I played football because I could, hmm. and I didn't think about it because. It wasn't right. like because I really wanted to. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. lay around thinking, man, I really want to play. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play on yeah. Saturday. But once I figured out that I was pretty good, I was like, well, I'm, I want to keep playing. Right. 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 Uh, and so the guys who weren't quite like me and maybe didn't have the opportunity that I did, and, and I think the guys that go play down, or, you know, I've got a buddy who played at NAI ball hoops. 
mm-hmm. and uh, owns a great business. And you know, sure. these guys, you there's something about it. That, there's something sure. about it where you're doing it because you want to do it. For sure, there definitely is. Hey, I got one. You know, my coach Vandy, yeah, my uh, D coordinator in college, he used to always say, "Hey, guys, it's a get to, not a have to." Right? I mean, yeah, you know, when you, sure. think, when you think about all the cheesy Absolutely. coaching things, that, but you know, they say, "Hey, it's a get to, not a have to." I like that though. That is that might be a cheesy coaching cliche, but oh, I like but it because because yeah. it's all it, for me. So frequently, it's about um, you know, especially in doubles. Like I said, we're just at the back end of doubles, and the question is, yeah. you're you're going through today regardless, right? You know what I mean. You're going through doubles regardless. Uh, are you going to get something out of it? You, do you, do you, do you have are you here because you have to be, and you're just trying to survive this thing, yeah. or are you going to be here, be uh, attentive? You're going to focus uh, because you get this opportunity yeah. and you want to use this opportunity right. to improve. Those are the two differences. Are you That's trying right. to survive it or thrive in it? That's uh, right. Get you're going to gonna get, you're gonna, you're gonna, regardless, you're mm-hmm. going to go through it. Right. You you know. Right. Yeah. That's That's it. why approach is so important. The yeah. actual nuts and bolts. 65 people were there today they but they were you know what I mean right some of them realized that they it was an opportunity some took full advantage of it um, can you so you have you have kids no no my wife's pregnant though we're expecting congratulations thank you very much congratulations right, right. Uh, but I got two brothers there you go <laughs> and, and okay. I got some nieces a niece and a nephew so this all this is all important yeah. perspective right, actually because right, right. I guess one of my next questions is um, anticipate and it's hard to anticipate your behavior once um, your child gets to right, right. high school age right. but um, you mentioned something that this is really interesting to me I think we get a little closer at it right. How, not it's not just the sports that have made, you don't just get better through sports, right? You mentioned uh, some people have gone through two, three years of a high school or collegiate career and quit at the back right. end, right? Um, and, and how you approach it is so important to me. And I'm a term that I, just, I guess just made up right. is how a handheld athlete, right? Like where you have to, you mentioned a coach, do you continually have to say, let's go, let's go, let's go? Right, right, right. Or is that person with the unique drive uh, that moves them along? Um, what I want your take on sports parents. That was a long oh, lead. Sports parents? Oh, yeah. yeah, and well, how do you anticipate being? Because your parents, listen, yeah. I don't. It doesn't sound like it's intentional. It feels like it's very authentic. Yeah, but they did it right. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I honestly here. This is the uh, my my take on you know what I hope the person that I hope to be is that I don't. I number one, I want my child to play sports, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I want my child to learn to compete and focus on something, whatever that sport sure. is. And uh, I've got a friend who's a basketball, who was a basketball coach, but he's really a, he's become a general manager of a big golf place. And, and uh, uh, you know, we sit around and talk about coaching and just the importance of, uh, we were talking about reminiscing about being called coach and how important that is. Sure. And, and uh, um, but that's the story for another day, I suppose. But my, what I want to do is I would like to support my child and hope they're successful and hope that they want to do well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I want my child to say, you know what, I'd like to go hit some baseballs or I'd like to go hit the golf ball or, you know, but I'm not going to say, you know, you need to do this right. or you need to do that, but right. I'd like you to, what I, what I hope is to say, I'd like you to compete. And I think maybe I, you know, I was talking to my friend who played basketball today, and she was telling me that she said, "Hugh, you know, your attitude has always been one where you're a little bit more laid back in my approach to things." And by the way, that's gotten me in trouble athletically. I mean, I can 
when I was in high school, as a sophomore, and I wrestled the number three ranked kid in the state, right, at my weight class. Yeah. And I, you know, I was on varsity. And actually, we I gave him a pretty good match, and we lost, yeah. right? I mean, I lost. Right. And, uh, and he went to a big powerhouse wrestling school, Marist High School, and we were wrestling in the Quad Cities, and, you know, so we took a trip from Illinois out, out to QC, Western Illinois, and uh, my coach, I'll always remember, my coach came and he started screaming at me and yelling at me because I was sitting on the bench and, you know, I just lost, right? Yeah, yeah. But he didn't think that I had treated the loss with enough reverence, you know, maybe I wasn't angry mm. enough and, and I, and, you know, and I, I'm a big believer in being respectful to your coaches and sure. and to your elders. And he was yelling at me, and I looked at him, and I said, what would you like me to do? <laughs> do you want me to go run laps right now? I right. mean, I just lost. Right. I, I don't have a way-back machine. Right. I can't go back and wrestle this guy. I mean, totally. Next time I wrestle him, I'll try something else, right? Right, right. And I, but I actually looked at him, and I said, what do you want me to do, right? No question. And, and so that has always been my, my approach is – Listen, man, I hope my kid loses and loses in a very painful way yeah. that was going to drive this person to want to do yeah. something. Uh, but I I think too many people have heightened expectations right. of their kids. And I think the world we live in, everyone has a personal coach right. for something. I, You know, I'm sick of these hockey moms and hockey dads and baseball. Like, they spend... And, you know, it's America's becoming more and more have and have nots, mm -hmm. and the haves are just spending all this money thinking their kid is going to be right. a great hockey player. When I'm like, dude, you know, yeah. you're either Conor McGregor or Conor, whatever the hell his name is, or you're not. You know, what I mean, like you gotta, yeah. and 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 so that really bothers me. And I hope that I'm never the guy that's going to try and spend every dollar I have to give my kid some advantage so he can average 11.1s a game 11.1 versus 9.9 .9 right. in high school basketball right, right? And, and i think you're right and i think um i would say that i'm, I'm sure I, I would assume that those parents are well-intended too in that particular scenario uh, the law of unintended uh, well, consequences well, well, man. I'm with Every, you. everyone is well-intended for sure they think. for sure but I, I guess in that regard i think there's a line if there's a kid if it's your kid and they're like uh, I really want dad. I want to get better at baseball. I need to go hit some balls. You know what I mean? I think providing that extra training, providing that extra time on the ice, whatever if, it is, is different than pushing them into that. No, so they no longer enjoy it. Absolutely, but I don't. Yeah. I think the line has been so blurred, man. I, I don't think that people. Uh, I don't. I don't think that people know when they're pushing and know when their right. kid wants. I mean, right. and and I'm and I'm saying this from afar, mm -hmm. just a guy who, as a guy who doesn't have a kid yet. Right. But. Uh, I think it's very easy to have your child sit right here and say, you know, Jane is playing basketball and yeah. she has a shooting coach. Can I have a shooting coach? Yeah. Now, does your right, daughter really? Right, does right, your right, daughter right. really want to have a shooting coach, right, or is it just social? I, I mean, that for sure. You know, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. There's no quick answer. Yeah. You, you can't know, right? Because it all comes back to that self-reflective idea, right? right. If your daughter, if your daughter hypothetically were truly passionate about it and just driven to the court and it could be afforded within oh, five yeah. you know that's one thing yeah, that's one but, thing. It, but it's worth looking really hard and trying to peel it apart yeah. you mentioned something actually um, you mentioned the feeling thing 
um, like mm-hmm. after your loss. Yeah. That is, I was actually just lucky to be on uh, the NSCA podcast, Scott Coffey, oh. who's a friend of ours. Is, nice. He's a great guy. And that, one of his questions was, um, you know, what, what's one thing that you tell coaches to stop doing? This mine was yeah. right along those lines. It was essentially, it was a reference to the cliche of, um, you know, we, we got a big game coming up. If you're not jacked up for this, check your pulse. And, and my idea behind, listen, I never ever have a problem with that. In fact, right. you can ask him. I'm still the person in pregame speeches. I am the one shaking. I don't have a problem with yeah, that. But, right. but I recognize the fact that not everyone feels that way. Uh, so to, you know what I mean? So to, so to tell someone how to, to tell someone to try whatever, a double leg takedown next right. time, Hugh, in whatever, that's one thing. That's right. strategy. That's something that you can come back right. to the drawing board on, reevaluate. But you can't, I don't, I think it's very difficult. In fact, I would say it's impossible to tell someone how to feel. Um, you know, uh, I just think that there's a line there, right? One, if, if for nothing else, one's productive. One's going to make you better. Yeah. Instead of maybe, maybe here's what I would have done, and no disrespect yeah. to your high school coach, but like, hey man, um, you know, and what, what are three things you, you did well on that? What are three things you did poorly? Oh, yeah. And, and, and help me, uh, These this was what was working. This is what we, we might need yeah, yeah. to rethink in the rematch, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, you're talking about productive. with my wrestling coach. Yeah, 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 yeah no, absolutely. And, yeah, I tell instead you, of feel worse. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, instead yeah. of feel worse. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, man. And uh, you're so everyone prepares differently, and and so I got two stories: one professionally, and one uh, personally. So, or well, you know, one from uh, from sports. But and I told uh, Snap Boy. Yeah. <laughs> New T-shirt. Yeah, 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 we already yeah, got him a, a podcast guy T-shirt. Yeah, nice, we got a nice, stat, nice. stat guy. So uh, I'll tell you the one. Uh, from uh, what that I told Alex before, Coach Nodolna, I said, "Hey, uh, we're talking about some guys that I knew and it, that we both know." And um, I remember before a game when I was a freshman in college, this guy who was a great player came up. You know, was real, you know, a, a great player. And by the way, unbelievable human being. Yeah. A guy who, as far as I know, has always done everything right. Yeah. And got a shot to play professionally and made the most of it. And. Uh, but just a real rah-rah guy, a yeah. real rah-rah guy. And he came up to me and was going around hitting people on the shoulder pads and looking at me and saying, come on, you, yeah. come on. You know, and he kind of started giving me the business because I was just sitting here and I looked at him and I said, hey man, I'm not playing, right? right. I want right. us to win, but yeah. you and I are at two distinct positions in life right now. Right, right. Like you're a captain, you're a senior, Yeah, I'm a freshman. I'm for the first time in my life. I'm gonna be standing yeah. with my helmet in my hands. You're like, I need and, to save my voice. And my cheer. mom and dad are gonna be watching me <laughs> right. stand there, right. and I don't know how to deal with this right, right, right now, right? right. right. Yeah. And, you know, like, but but by the way, I wanted us to win, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? And 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 I've always and I, it just goes back to my coach going back. I've always been more of a person that's been like, okay, what do we need to do? What do I need to do? Right. How can I do it? And then uh, I had to deal with a guy that. Uh, was my superior in in a professional sense and this is a guy who also played sports but had unfortunately uh his own interpretation of how people should be and you know and and uh made a comment to me once about you know you uh i see you as this kind of guy who you know tried to make a sports analogy and i looked at him and i said hey man uh, I don't read books on being a leader. I never, yeah, because he'd talk about some of these leadership books that he yeah. read and, you know, about, you know, 
maybe kids that were captains and, and I said I was a captain of every team I've ever been on right yeah. and it's not because I was the best player not because I was a rah-rah guy you know yeah. it's just because that's you know yeah. the my expectation that's always been my expectation in life mm-hmm. and I think almost every athlete expects that they'll be the guy or the girl right that's why you play sports right? um, I don't I mean, know that that's true well I have an expectation right, I, I mean right. my feeling is that you're not most people don't go one of my favorite advertisements uh, it doesn't get played anymore is they show all these little kids and there's a kid that says I hope to grow up and toil in middle management right and then <laughs> right. and then there's another kid goes yeah. I hope to grow up and feel underappreciated and undervalued and yeah. I think that every kid no matter how yeah. bad you are at least I hope they, mm-hmm. the the reason why they're going out for the team yeah. is because in their backyard they made that last second shot right, and they right, want right, to right. be or maybe they come to a different realization at some point in time right but you know hmm. like because you want to be I think right I think listen man I, I just think that particularly for the look as a black male, mm-hmm. right? I think that the emphasis on sports in America is outrageous, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so I would like to see coaches take a better uh, approach to. I mean, listen. I'm not saying coaches take a bad approach, but I really would like to see people think about the development of these young people think about it holistically mm-hmm. and and I'm sure maybe a lot of coaches do I don't have an interaction with them yeah but you know when I take a look I feel like so, so many black males particularly in you know think about sports and music and entertainment as uh, an opportunity when yeah, it's right, re- right. it's really just sports in particular is an opportunity for life, it's not yeah. an opportunity. I mean, it's not an opportunity to, dude. You're not going to the league, right? And there's a reason why. That, I know. That, yeah, that's one of the things. You're honestly, not going to the league. That is a thing that is so compelling to me, honestly, because it's a it's a real concern of mine. I guess I think there is a massive opportunity, and that opportunity grows I think relative to other opportunities in life meaning like in there are certainly situations in the world where the basketball court the football field the soccer yeah. field whatever it is might be the number one learning platform in a person's That's life right. meaning the the, pe- no, the, not the might mentors be. Not it might is be. where it is yeah. for sure yeah. and if you can help people frame this idea yeah. of like you're not playing basketball because you're going to get a shot at the league like right. you said or you're not going to be a major league soccer player right but it's enough to be here because you're passionate about it and then the question becomes what else can we do here um promoting uh i think promoting one of the biggest things that i'm interested in is promoting small college athletics yeah I, i'm telling you people that's it I, right like so you don't get a scholarship offer that's okay yeah it's not over right use this to capital capitalize right. on whatever ability and passion you have to get into a higher level of education and and the future from there kind of could be my, anything my uh this golf guy that i was telling you about was a high school basketball coach his son plays soccer and uh in college mm-hmm. and his son was maybe started as a freshman got hurt gone through a couple of coaching changes mm-hmm. and uh now is a fifth year senior 
who does not start, oh, wow. right? And yeah. who had to f- battle to get that fifth year. And I said to him, man, I love your son. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't really know him, per but, se. But, there's but, absolutely. but the point is, you know, like, here's a guy who's, look, he's not going to go play uh, in the MLS, right. unlikely. And I was telling him, I hope he becomes a coach, but he's got he's got guts, For right? Sure. And he's sticking it out, and he's doing something that he he loves to do, right? And uh, I just think there are not enough people in the world who understand what that's about. Mm-hmm. And hey, look, I, w- I was at this breakfast at the Metropolitan Planning Council, and you sit around the table, and the uh, the leader president said, "Well, what's your number one concern about?" You know, living in Chicago, this was sort of a Chicago-focused thing, and mm-hmm. it got to me, and I said, "Hey, you know what? I think uh, the young brothers out there were are endangered species, and what are we going to do yeah. to help them, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know, and I think staying focused, going to play a sport, uh, NAIA, D three, D two, that's Some, for sure. You know, and then so here's yeah, totally. Oh man, so if you could name." five character traits that you would want for a group who has not been given the same opportunities who is whatever yeah. if you can name five character traits yeah i'm gonna put you on the spot and tell you name them but yeah. I, we could certainly imagine right. that all five of them could be taught on the on the field or on the court or whatever oh, it might yeah, be yeah. if absolutely. it's done well yeah, yeah, no, exactly absolutely, absolutely. Uh, listen uh, for me it's easy I mean, because i've played sports number one you got to learn to deal with losing yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got to learn to deal with just competition mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, you know that some guy or girl wants your position right. and you want theirs. Right. That is, that is a guaranteed constant yeah. throughout life. By Guar- the way. Yeah. Guaranteed. No matter what the situation Every, is. Yeah. And by the way, the people in professionally who do it, it's a, more, a little more cutthroat. It's not. Yeah, right. It's certainly not as easy to evaluate as it is you know when you're right. when you're playing when you're playing sports right, right. and uh, I mean those are number one and number two things and you know people talk about perseverance and but I think that the key is uh, when you know why I'm so sensitive to quitting when mm-hmm. I was I played uh, Pony League Baseball yeah and uh, this guy's name I will mention but when <laughs> so no, you know so I was the first pick in our baseball draft right so I was a real stud in the league below, right? right? So I get to the league above, and I was okay. You know, I wasn't like, and well, the next year, there's a kid, his name is Vince Jackson, not the same Bo Jackson, that, but his name is Vince, and Vince, everyone's talking about this guy, Vince, and Vince is going to be on our team, and so Vince shows up, and he, he and I happen to play the same position, and he's younger, and Vince is like skinny, mm-hmm. tall, you know, lean type kid. Well, sure, shit. The guy gets up to bat. Wham, gone. Wham, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. So now I'm on the bench. Right. right? Yeah. You know? And uh, but he, I tell the story because he got drafted, uh, nice. seventh round by the Dodgers. Couldn't hit a curveball though. So, but still, right. So you know, he was a great athlete, great football yeah, yeah. player. But so I came home and and uh, I wasn't getting enough playing time. And I said to my mom and dad, I go, ah, I want to quit. Yeah. And. Uh, and they looked at me, and they're like, my dad in particular, I said, hey, man, this is not what we're about. You're not going to quit on your team. You're not going to quit in the middle of the season. If you don't want to play baseball next year, right. fine. Right. But you're not going to – you're going to go out there, and you're going to show up and do your thing, and and uh, you're going to try, right. and you're going to 
try and make the team better. Maybe there's another position for you, but you're not. That's it. It's you're not gonna. It's, That's you're not, not gonna. A thing you it's do. just just not a thing you do. Yeah. So. So it really just chafes me, man, when I meet people who. No, I don't blame It just you. bugs the shit well, out of it, me. It, it it does. It, me too. Yeah. Uh, and I think you. I think one of the reasons it's exciting to me that it bugs you. I th- like your parents like did this for you that's a thing yeah and i hope and i hope uh because talking to sports parents is a big part of what we do as oh well. yeah and i think um you, you know the work of you know carol dweck is that a familiar name no uh-uh. mindset is like an office she's like a superstar in psychology d-w-e-c-k yeah and okay. I'll, I'll give you the book actually okay. i've read Please. it before and i've read right. her like actual like studies and she's fantastic i was she was lucky i was lucky to uh you know we, we were able to chat about the good athlete project right. on the phone for a while i mean she's in in a smaller world of psych she is the biggest fish in the pond she's amazing but one of the things and it's because her stuff is so straightforward so logical so honest and through her research so effective and it's pretty much doing what it sounds like your parents were doing without having read all this research and that is like when you hit adversity and this is really dumbing down a a large body of research but um the the conversation that comes thereafter yeah. is vital to right. someone's development. Right. It is, uh, you know, how did you prepare? You know, you could say one of two things, I guess. Well, um, you know, so and so is not better. You know, you could be like oh, the, yeah. the stereotype bad movie sports parent, right. like so and so is better. You should have been out there. You right. or you can say, you know, how well did you prepare? Right. Um, how did you approach it? What was your right. mindset going into it? And if and if a parent is asking those questions and, and demanding that. Oh, by the way, even if you had the right approach, Doesn't even if you had right. the right mindset, right. even if you did everything right, it could still you know go what? wrong. It could For still sure. go wrong. But the, but the beauty of it is that you help someone develop an approach right. that will, in, in at scale, in the grand scheme, in the other areas of one's life, right. be effective, right? right? Because the fact is, that is true. That, you know, there is a nature to things. Some people are bigger, faster, stronger. Vince, I hate, this, is, this might sound controversial, <laughs> Vince is better than you at baseball. You, well, that's it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Right. So the idea becomes like, how do you relate to that yeah, truth, right? right? right. Uh, you should you shouldn't change your approach. You should you know you should still do right. everything well that you can. Um, and and then again, the the real be the real magic would be to encapsulate the approach in sports right. and then help transfer it to the rest hey, of one's no, life. No, that's what. No, absolutely. How do you how do you deal with it, mm-hmm. Coach Barnett? Uh, I gotta hand it to Coach Barnett, man. Like this yeah. guy was only focused on winning football games. Yeah, I mean that's all he talked about. Right. And then we approached every, we game planned to win, and he, he said, "Listen, our job as coaches is to put you in the best positions to win." Yeah. And uh, uh, you know that's what they did. And uh, I remember when you we were talking about this, I, when Coach Barnett came, we switched to a one-back offense. Uh-huh. Well, we probably had ten backs, and I was number nine. Yeah. All right. So I said, "Hey, coach." When did uh, that happen? What year? It's my sophomore year. Okay. So I said, "Hey, coach." Uh, you know, I kind of see the writing on the wall here. Is there anything? Uh, can you help me out? <laughs> right, right, right. And he goes, "You know what? Why don't you try playing linebacker?" Yeah. And right. So and for sure. Yeah, well, right. so I love that, and we're gonna. This might be the perfect yeah. full circle. So. You're a big time running back in high school. You recruited well, essentially for big enough time. Not, big no, enough I was not time. like a big. If I was a big Fair time enough. back, I'd have been a big time. Fair I'd enough. have been a back in college. A big enough time. Right. Back. You, big you enough time to get to recruited. Play in the Big Ten. Right. Right. Playing at Northwestern. Right. Um, change the situation. 
um, you decided to switch over to a different side of the ball. Right. So you didn't go to. By college. the way, I never never tackled anyone before. You didn't play defense in high school either. No. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I didn't do it. I just played fair running enough. back. Yeah. So, okay. So and then, uh, but it's but you accepted that obviously. Right. right. You can't. You showed up for work every day. Right. You kept going. Um, and then, how did the back end of your football career end up? Were you captain at Northwestern? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was captain. I was one of the one of our captains, defensive captain, and uh, you know that's how it ended up. I mean, right. But I was sort of disappointed in my captaincy because we weren't, you know, I, we didn't perform as well as we'd hoped. But it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to lead, man. And sure. and it's and uh, so I wish I I wish. I could have done that over again, and uh, you know. Well, I I don't know if you realize what you're doing right now, yeah. but you are exhibiting kind of the growth. Like you're shouldering yeah. as captain, you're shouldering the yeah. outcome of the group, right? And you're and you're thinking back, like what could I have done differently, and and and, and done this stuff. I think it's yeah. amazing, and I'll tell you for sure. This is not a maybe, and I'm right. not just patting right. you on the right. back. If if some a, a great amount of people out there, yeah. sadly or whatever. If they were recruited recruited to play a position, I'm a yeah. run. You know, you you find yourself. That's another danger of sports yeah. is you start to identify with one thing yeah. specifically. Is you know, I I'm a running back. I'm recruited. I'm a Big Ten running back. Right. Okay. Now I'm ninth on the depth chart. Right. You want me to go play linebacker? Right. right. That would I'm telling. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That would be the end of a lot of people's careers. Right. Like, I'm not sure they'd be able to handle it. Certainly right. not thrive in that environment. Yeah, there are guys that would refuse to switch sure. or, but. Uh, you know, man, I, I was just like, listen, it's not happening for me here. Where is it going right. to happen for me? Right. So. And that openness and that willingness is what ultimately led to your success. Yeah. Although, you know, I don't know. When I was in high school, my wrestling coach wanted me to drop a weight class. Yeah. To go. I'm already going to say, dude, it, that's a different story. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, right. Yeah, totally yeah. different story. And I, I, I love my mom for this, but he wanted me to drop a weight class. And uh, because the guy that was at my weight couldn't beat me. And maybe he couldn't, he didn't think he had the build to get down okay. and wait. Yeah. And so he yeah. thought, you know, we had a better team with me mm-hmm. down and awake. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So uh, I said, hey, coach, look, uh, my mom won't let me lose the weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it's unfair that if this guy can't beat me, I mean, look, look, you know, that you want me to go lose 16 pounds yeah. to go. That would have been cheese. Yeah, well, it was 89 and 72. Yeah. I think that, you know, yeah. so I probably would have. I probably would have had to lose at the, those were the weight classes at the right, time. Right. I was probably naturally 85, so probably like 13 so pounds. Maybe, right. Right. And uh, well, so, and the reason I say that that's different is I. I mean, I get it on the coach. Want to put? Let's put our best best roster oh, out there. Oh yeah. But and I love wrestling, and I actually uh, come Dude, from a family no, of wrestlers. No, no sport like wrestling. But, but however, yeah. the, the weight loss thing. You know, another big push of the Good Athlete Project is health and wellness, and and implementation is important. Um, so to ask a high school kid to drop mental health, pounds, I think mental health well, is something absolutely. that people don't focus on enough in uh, sure. athletics. No and question, I, absolutely, and I think those things are often intertwined. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like we actually, so we have this kind of um, ideal pyramid, meaning like at the base of the pyramid is is the you know sleep, right, and nutrition, right, and, then, and at the peak of it, you right. know, once you keep climbing these steps. It's uh, cognitive reappraisal right. and positive self-talk and things that, that really can lead to good things. Right. But have you ever tried to it, – it's hard to be optimistic on two hours of sleep. Yeah. Know, and malnourished yeah. and a sedentary lifestyle. Right. So there's right. these essentials down at the bottom. Right. So I – yeah. Yeah. Different story. No, no, no. A hundred percent, man. So uh, no one to say when. 
right? Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, yeah. I think that might be no when to say when. This is the thing. That's we, right. We do there have a time. Um, there you go. But so here's what we we have for you though. We uh, first of all, can I? I haven't passed this by Coach Nadalman, who's our podcast guy. But can I say a new car? Hugh, Hugh has a uh, uh, an unlimited pass. Is that cool? Can he come back anytime? This thing's more than come welcome up. back. I like it. Um, recurring before, guest. Uh, yeah, that's right. A recurring uh, guest. There you go. Okay. Welcome. Um, do you have some uh, kind of quick fire, rapid fire questions you want to throw at him? Just we to get do to know a, him we a do a quick bit. lightning round. Yeah, Let's lightning round. Quick lightning. lightning. What do you got? Yeah, go for turn it. Turn this towards me. Uh, all right. Favorite book or movie unrelated to your field? Favorite book or movie? Let's say, let's say right. unrelated yeah. to football. Unrelated to football? I don't know how many real estate movies okay, there are so, out there. Yeah, no, no, no. So my, uh, one of my favorite books is uh, this book called The Life and Times of Michael Kay. And it's uh, by a guy named J.M. Ketsey, who's a South African author. And uh, it's really, I just like his writing style, this guy's style, and because uh, he's very direct. And it's about a guy who is just uh, struggling and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, just trying to make it happen and really focus and going through hard times. I don't even know why, why I like that book. but I, And then uh, one of my favorite movies... I, mean, I got a bunch of movies that I like, but uh, um, uh, Cormac McCarthy, uh, The Road. No, you know what? I didn't really love The Road. What was this other one um, with uh, uh, Anton Chigurh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. What the hell is that? I no mean, Country for No Old Country. Man. Okay. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. No Country. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'm a yeah. Quentin Tarantino fan, so you know. All oh, right. me too. Okay. Big time. All right. What's your biggest fear? Yo, what is my biggest fear? You know, look, I'm about to have a child. And the child, you know, I think the world that uh, this person's brought into is changing every day. Yeah. And um, I just want my child to have opportunity for success, right? So um, the way that I see the world going is getting scarier and more dangerous every day i mean every day for everyone and people are becoming more polarized so my biggest fear is it gets a lot worse (laughs) than than it is i mean i don't know if that's the biggest fear look i love my parents you know my family and my wife uh but um the way the world is going man i think people are just scared yeah and so my fear is it gets a whole lot worse so understandable Uh, it, we're going to take that, uh, I guess, to a more, uh, what, what animal, I'll just ask the question. Sure. What animal do you want to be locked in a room with least? Locked in a room with least? Least. Oh, shit. Well, I can tell you this. I never want to be chased by a bear. Right. Because bears can swim and climb. So that's a problem. We, can have, we have to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Have I ever shown you my bear video? No, uh uh-uh. I was out in the mountains with a bear. We'll talk about no, this No, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah, so a bear, you got no shot with a bear. You got no shot with a big cat, but a bear. Something about it. Fair. Yeah. A lion's not going to swim, probably, and get you. If any of our listeners out they there. They may wait. Yeah, but you know, my question. youngest brother yeah. is a veterinarian. By the way, that's another thing. My brother, one of my brothers played football at Vanderbilt. My other brother went to U of I, became a vet. And uh, we all played sports. And, you know, my parents supported all of us. So, you know. But, yeah, the bear. But if I wanted to be an animal, I want to be a hawk. Oh. 
That is not that's the a, question. That's a question <laughs> we are going to add from now on. Yeah. I like it. I think uh, a hawk would be cool to be. <laughs> um, I, that's a really good answer, oh. actually. All right, we'll wrap up with this one. Sure. If they're making a movie about uh, your life, who's going to play you? Oh, who's going to play me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say, who would I like to play me? Delroy Lindo. Maybe Delroy Lindo. <laughs> Delroy. Yeah, and you're gonna say who the hell's Delroy? L- who's Delroy Lindo? Yeah, Look him exactly up. Look right. him up. Uh, you know who is Delroy? Lindo? And by the way, just for fun, uh, I'm you know I might say uh, you know Clive Owen just because I like the name Clive. And yeah, right, he's a white guy and he's a Brit. But you know, just for fun to mix it up, why not? Fantastic actor. Shout out to Clive Owen. That's all right. right. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks. Bacon Appreciate tastes good. It. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.